Hey bubbies, and we're back with part two of our Hateful Eight episode. If you didn't listen to part one, I would highly recommend, because we are just going to jump right in today. Here we go. Enjoy part two of our discussion about the Hateful Eight. you shouldn't see this is not unwatchable there is no fucking plot there's gonna be a lot of twists for a plot that largely doesn't really exist like oh good fantastic that's a that's a well there you go speaking <sighs> of those twists half the twists are more than half the twists are all like are all exposition because that's true that i mean like you said it is a play like you go to this haberdashery and everything that happens is just people being cunty to each other and then like staring each other down which is like makes for a great play but really weird in a movie context especially a tarantino movie where like you know at some point because it's a tarantino movie there is going to be like a gross amount of violence you don't know when it's going to start and they save it for the end in this one, Ooh. but it's like it does. It's intense. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Because one of the strangest, and it just popped back into my mind of like, oh yeah, I hated that. Um, is like I. They treat the character Crazy Daisy right. The the aforementioned prisoner that that uh, right. not Russell Crowe. Daisy, uh, yeah, Russell, uh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, thank oh. you. Um, he, he, they treat that character so badly that despite the fact that she's obviously the villain, you just feel bad for her because they're just oh, yeah. beating the ever living shit out of her non stop. And it's not just happening in the background. <laughs> Oh God! It like that's and it's delivered with a side of misogyny every single time. But just like the level of violence involved in just hitting someone, like you would think, well, how hard could you hit someone to to gross the audience out? The answer is very fucking hard because it keeps happening and she keeps like spitting blood and it makes a horrible like cracking noise. Like they're like breaking her jaw and it's just it's just really uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable, and it produces the opposite effect. Either he's going for humor, or he's trying to clue us in that, like, this is a really bad person, so we can treat them however. That is not the effect it has. Certainly not the effect it had on me. It gave me sympathy. I was like, please stop hitting her like that. I'm sure she's awful. I really, I believe you. I surely do. But holy shit, do you need to keep smacking her in the face with the with the butt of your gun like stop that oh i mean i'm not frankly i'm not super surprised by it like no that that to me is like tarantino whether or not it's it's nice to say i think there's no way to look at the whole of his work and say that he is not a misogynist there's just no way to do that i don't i don't know (laughs) that you would uh that you would write a scene in a movie where a villain chokes to death another character and then insists that those must be your hands that are being filmed choking Diane Kruger to death. I, I don't know that you do that if you don't 
hate women just a little bit. And, like, also, what a, like, similarly, similarly to beating up Daisy Domergu in The Hateful Eight, when, when they have the choking scene in Inglorious Bastards, it is, like, similarly uncomfortable and, like, overly violent, because it is just Tarantino's hands around her neck and her face just choking out and it's Ooh, like and showing and showing her legs spazzing out and like she's right. kicking so hard legs. that she like oh. loses her like shoes because of course she's gotta you know there's gotta be some foot show. action in there you God. sick fuck um but nothing I, against people who love feet you know if if that's your thing shoe fits. if that <laughs> haha nailed it. if that's your thing absolutely fine don't don't you don't need to you don't need to rub the rest of our noses in it. That's not something that you need to do with your yeah. Kid. And it's That's... I just have I like I feel so weird. I can't separate myself from like thinking about the maker of the movie when you have scenes like that. Yeah, because it is it just forces me to ask like consider why? it like yeah. like you're saying yeah, yeah, like yeah. why are we doing this? Like there's no. Like, this is so much to be putting on people, on your viewers. Like, just this horrible abuse of women. Yeah. That is just on screen. And it's like, what is what is the purpose here? Like, why is this needed or yeah. necessary? And again, I can't find the reason. Right. <laughs> which leads me to, like, eh. Seems <laughs> right. like. Right. Seems like. like... <laughs> honestly, honestly. Who was sitting in the fucking theater watching Inglorious Bastards that went, you know, I'm not convinced that that Hans Landa guy is a is a baddie until he chokes Diane Kruger to death for a full two minutes that you were forced to sit through. I was like, hey, that's not very nice. I think that guy might be on the other side. I, I don't, I don't know about him. No, you're right. I mean, that's the thing is that I, like. Where where I most often, where the eyebrow gets raised for me the most often with Tarantino is when it comes to framing. Because you can have things happen in a movie and still present horrible things in a responsible manner, and he just elects not to every single time. Every I, time. Like, and, like, every... honestly, like, you're working, there's no excuse when you're working with there's no excuse other than you just like this yeah or you you want some something here appeals to you the writer director because you're working with the best of professional actors like oh my any God. anyone All you want yeah. is yeah. gonna be in your movie yeah so you have people who it's like they can react to violence in a way that will make the audience feel whatever you want them to feel in response to violence just through an actor's reaction to it. We don't need to see the violence. We just need to see a good actor react to horrible violence. Yeah. And we'll get it. And we'll feel the drop in our stomach and all that stuff. So when you have just a cast that is stacked like this cast is, which is only great actors, which is the only reason this movie can stand at all is because it's so long and so boring but every line is delivered expertly. So it's like, you know, it's like that's the only thing that, like, makes it bearable to get through the whole time. So it's like, why not use that? You have that power right there in front of you. Let people go 
And I'm sure Tarantino thought he was letting his actors go ham by giving them this juicy, dialogue-heavy movie that they really all get to play around with. Like, that's not something movie actors get very often at all because it's not a fucking play. It's a movie. But, like, sure, you're doing that, fine. But, like, you know... It's not August Osage County, man. Like, you know, it's like... <laughs> like yeah, yeah. And, which and, is also like a movie about reactions. Like, August Osage County is, as a movie, the one with, like, Meryl Streep and oh, Cumberbatch yeah. and all yeah. the peeps, What's-Her-Face, Margot Martindale, is awesome because everyone, everyone's doing... Honestly, wow, now that I'm thinking about it, weirdly similar in a lot of ways to Hateful Eight. Everyone's being an absolute cunt. Yeah. Everyone's hanging out around the same location. But one yeah. of the big differences is one of the big differences is is the characters are reacting to one another more like everyone is the aggressor in the yeah. Hateful Eight. Yeah. And like in August Osage County you have like two aggressors with like your primary being Meryl Streep just being an absolute bitch to like everybody. She's really good at it. Which is awesome. It's an awesome yeah. movie. Like yeah. I can't watch that movie without laughing just because it's funny. It's not like funny, but it is it's 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 very catty to yes. watch Meryl Streep just like walk into a room and just put somebody down instantly. It's pretty good. <laughs> but like that's good because people react to Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep doing it has no power without any like equivalent reaction to it. Yeah. And it more feels like the hateful eight is like we're just rolling along even when we get to the violence. It is just kind of rolling along like People just start shooting. There's like some shooting and strangling and stabbing and people are rolling around the floor. And even that becomes boring. Like halfway through like the final 30 minutes when everyone's trying to kill each other is like, I don't know. Then then we're down to like four people and they're all like dragging their broken bodies across the floor (laughs) to try and like murder each other. And I'm just like, "Ah, I don't really care anymore. (laughs) And that's that's and that's the thing is that it's like, then what? possible purpose could this serve am i meant to be entertained by this level of violence it's not very entertaining am i supposed to be shocked that's the one i think it is we'll we'll come back to that in a second uh am i meant to feel disgust am i meant to like it's just so unclear what he is trying to get across by just being like, and here's the most goddamn blood you've ever fucking seen in your life. And it's not just that it's violence. It's grotesque violence. It's utter, oh, it like, is. oh, dude. I think <laughs> I the first mean, thing that happens, well, like, Samuel Jackson, like, shoots somebody, right? And then yeah. he gets shot, like, immediately in the dick. It's just like... <laughs> and that's not even the last time that that's going to happen in this fucking movie. Where, yeah, the... Fuck. Okay, now that I'm thinking about it, there's also... Quentin Tarantino also has a weird fascination with black men's genitals. Think about it. There's there's a lot of emphasis put on it in Django for, for oh one reason God, or yeah. another. There's decent emphasis put on it in Pulp Fiction. Uh, Jackie Brown definitely gets into... Like... It's another through line where it's like, okay, but why are all these discussions specifically about m- maligning his <laughs> genitalia in some incredibly grotesque fashion? Uh, and then in this one, he gets his dick shot off twice. 
That's... I forgot that it happened again. Yeah, it happens does, again. Right. Yeah, I can't believe he... I watched that last night. Because the the because the one, the one, uh, I guess twist that I actually kind of was on board with was they eventually figure out that the whole thing of the haberdashery has been staged to free right. Crazy Daisy. Uh, well, that's how brother. he gets shot in the dick for the first time because they have like a friend who has been un. This is also one of those things where it really, really it shows how indulgent this is. There's a character hiding beneath the floorboards in this haberdashery for yeah. the entire movie that we do not know about. And... It is like the most got written in at the end and then like didn't even bother to like go back and set it we have 30 minutes of n-word in the beginning when we could be doing some of the <laughs> setup for this in but no yeah, we gotta have 30 minutes of n-word and then we're just gonna throw in oh there's been someone beneath the floor the whole time waiting Great. for their moment awesome. and it's like well that's not very surprising when you're <laughs> like it is but it isn't like it doesn't feel earned no, it's not an it's, earned surprise it's only it's only surprise <laughs> so i will fully admit i'll cop to uh being delighted by this the first time i saw it but only because it's channing tatum so like there's oh, also right. yeah there's the surprise of like oh Channing Tatum is in this and like they kept it under wraps really well so that you didn't know that he was gonna be in it uh, which I I enjoyed but that's too much meta reason to be like there's nothing inherently exciting in the movie itself about when that reveal happens other than you being like that's Channing fucking Tatum welcome to the show boy good to have you. Yeah, always like nice to have Channing are... Tatum show up. But it is—he is a charming, a charming fella. Um, um, the stakes are weird too in this movie. I think that's an important element that we should probably touch on. Is just they—they they kind of just in the beginning, in the in our snowy beginning, mm-hmm. where Samuel Jackson meets Kurt Russell on the road, and he's got his living bounty. Samuel Jackson has, um, what's his name? Major Marquis has. Um, three three bodies, bodies, three dead bodies that he's taken yeah. in for bounty, I think. And it's like, we have that, like, sets some stakes here. Okay, people, we have these two people with valuable assets. Mm-hmm. And that kind of just totally goes away after we get to the end. Like, it doesn't really make sense why every, why there is, like, this weird secret violence of these people who killed Minnie and now want to kill everybody else. Like, what is. It's very unclear what's in it for them. It's unclear if they're aware of the bounties. Like, sure, they're there to save Daisy, but outside of Daisy, not expecting the rest of this. And because we weren't informed about any of these other characters, it feels even, it feels less explainable Mm -hmm. that these people would be there to save Daisy. Mm Because the setup for this movie is they're going to a town called Red Rock, which is, Mm -hmm. well, it's a real place. They're going to Red Rock in Wyoming. (laughs) <laughs> they're going to a fictional place called Red Rock. And, uh, and they're stopping along the way because of a blizzard. You right. know, weather. One of those things in the 1800s you didn't really have a good idea of or ability to predict. We don't even have a good ability to predict weather now. So mm. you're going to tell me that somehow these people not with Daisy Domergu, while she is hundreds of miles away and captive know that they're going to stop at this specific inn on their way to Red Rock, which they wouldn't have stopped at were it not for the blizzard. 
Like, yeah. there are just so many little, like, plot holes like that throughout where it's like, yeah, you, you really need to give me the setup for these people who are, like, coming in at the end to be like, it was a plan to get Daisy the whole so, time. So, <laughs> I, I really, it's not, it's not exactly a plot hole, but this is just something that I found deeply frustrating about the entire experience. It's called The Hateful Eight, right? The real world reason for that is it's his eighth fucking movie and ha ha he he very clever Mr. Q. But uh what? At least half of the Hateful Eight are just characters that if I quiz you right now, you'd be like, ah, yeah, maybe they were in that movie. I don't know. Like they're not not and then not only so you would think that it's this deep character study and that we're going to meet lots of very different and memorable characters, uh, preferably eight of said characters. <laughs> you find out that at least three of them have entirely manufactured backstories. So, like, everything that they've told you up until the ending is just not true. And they're like, oh, actually, he's, like, English Pete or some shit. So just, like, none of it ends up fucking mattering in the slightest. You don't learn anything about these characters. They don't grow. They don't develop at all. I, I, I guess Walter Goggins' character kind of does. But then, I mean, he's dying by the end of it, so who fucking cares? And, like, well, yeah, what? And that's, what? His journey dying. was that he was racist and now he's willing to share a laugh before death with a black guy? What a journey. What, a, what, what an incredible growth from that character. By the way, if you don't remember or haven't seen the movie, that laugh at the end is because they're reading the whole movie. Samuel Jackson is carting around, and it gets revealed that he has, because Kurt Russell's aware of it. A letter from President Lincoln to him when mm. he was in the Union Army, and uh, and it's revealed during the course of the movie that this is a sham letter that he uses because it warms white people to him. It lets it lets white people think he's he's a respectable black guy, mm. and therefore they will be less likely i guess to lynch him is the is the reality um, but could like have been, that could have been the an interesting is yeah. like walton goggins and uh yeah it's samuel jackson being like ha like you really did a good job writing this fake letter and like great that like people bought it and it's like what like it's so <laughs> like strange you're both die yeah what is the point what did we learn it really is. It the it is just self indulgent. There is nothing yeah. that comes out of it. There's nothing that's satisfying. Like part of what makes Inglorious Bastards uh, such a satisfying movie is like uh, the revisionist history element of it. Yeah. Like yeah, we're doing something special. We're sure it's crazy violent, but it's crazy violence against Nazis. Yeah. Like it's and it's fun crazy violence against nazis like it is satisfying to be like yeah wouldn't it be great if all nazi high command got brutally murdered like that is that's nice to watch yeah it just is but like also, this is like eh, like i just don't know these people i don't right they're all fictional i don't care you have to make me care and you've failed to do that at any point along the way yeah and the bad guys get theirs I mean, that's a big element of, of why a lot of his movies are enjoyable is there's just like, like, that's where it's going a little ridiculous and just being like, and then they all live happily ever after, actually. And it's like, okay, yeah. all right, that, that, that's, that's fine by me. But in this one, I just, like, I just, I, I felt empty by the end of it. And I've ne and I especially never expected to 
get so far into a Tarantino movie and be like, Jesus Christ, is this over yet? Like this is and this then is it's not. <laughs> and then it's not. And the best parts about it are and again, I have to give a lot of credit to like the cinematography. It's incredible. There's one really long shot of like the sun is setting but also like the snow is coming in it's really good it's really 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 good it's incredibly long and it could have been a nature doc like if that's what we were doing i i I quit and i don't i don't know that i don't know that you needed to put all five minutes in there that's a (laughs) who that's a that's self-indulgent that's that that's really you think you have us so much by the balls that we will just sit f- through the bullshit to find whatever. But, I mean, it just, like, that's the thing. At his core, he makes B-movies. He wants to make B-movies. Not not quality-wise. I mean, like, well, you're a, you, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. You're, you're, you're a movie but like, guy. Well, for example, the but first the, movie credit I think he has is, uh, is as the writer on Dusk Till Dawn. Yeah. Which is, like, that's a classic B-movie. Like, we're a kitschy horror movie action kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's all of his stuff. That's what Kill Bill is, you know? it's <laughs> it, and, and it is charming to see B done extremely well, you know? Because that, that is one of the qualities of B-movies is that they're shitty. Like, by... by Almost by definition, there are some gems, but like, you know, by and large. So seeing them done well, there's a lot to that, but he keeps some of the elements that are just like wildly unnecessary, like the gross out factor. That's, that is the only purpose that the fucking absurd levels of violence serves. (laughs) And he, I put him in this category with like Frank Miller. Where there was a time in my life where I just thought they were amazing and doing this awesome stuff. But then you grow up and then you look at the way that they treat violence and, and their fascination with it and the, the, the wild levels of irresponsibility on full display with how they're framing the violence. And it's just like, this isn't cool, man. <laughs> like, yeah. This isn't, this, this is. You are only doing this because I don't think you can get away from that part of yourself that is so tied to B movies being your shtick. Like the closest it feels he's like ever a come was, it's his most recent movie. I don't think his most recent is his best, but it's probably in the top half of like movies I would rank among. Once upon his a best. time. Yeah, I thought once yeah, upon a time it. was so was so good because it showed growth for yeah. him as a yeah. creator because there is such a small amount of violence in that movie yeah. like and the violence that exists it's like is probably more intense than it needs to be but like it does not but, come close to but, any of his other movies no and to your point to the point you made earlier about like it's against fucking nazis so it's kind of okay it's against the fucking Manson family. Like, yeah, yeah. that's that. You have full moral license to just go and hit them with that fucking. Well, I don't want to spoil it in case anyone hasn't seen. That's a good Tarantino movie. Hateful Eight is not. Uh, and I will even 
I'll go to bat for like Grindhouse before I'll before I would watch Hateful Eight again. I mean, like <laughs> I at least Grindhouse. Grindhouse. It's ridiculous, but it's fun. You know, like it's the <laughs> most B movie, so it it leans into those tropes in a fun way, as opposed to this, which feels like like those B tropes feel like holdovers that are just like this doesn't belong here. Like, what about anything that you have set up for the past? I don't know. Two hours and 40 fucking minutes requires this this type of violence, this level of violence. It's just, God, I just... <laughs> this movie annoys the shit out of me. I hope he's disappointed in it. Like, I really hope... I don't know how he felt when it came out, but I hope with time he has come to n- n- dislike this movie as part of the movies he's made. Because it does... It is a little embarrassing. In the context yeah. of his other stuff, like, especially, like, I mean, as we've said this whole time, that's the main theme of this movie is just overindulgence. It does not feel like anyone else read this movie. It feels like he wrote it and then it was done. So you I'm know? going... Which and... is not how movies are made, by the way, or written. Lots of hands touch scripts before they become movies. This is... And there's this a is, reason for that. This is about to get interesting. <laughs> This is about to get interesting because of the way that this movie was written was that, and it will make a lot of fucking sense, and you'll wish that he had just stayed the course on that. Oh, when no. it was still a sequel to Django, the script got leaked online, and because, you know, he's a big baby, he threw a little hissy fit and was like, I'm not going to make it anymore, actually. You guys ruined this. This is your fault. Um, and then he was like, well, actually, I'm going to do it as a novel. And then he wrote a script that he was going to turn into a novel. And then at some point, I, I don't know how exactly it happened, but like a, a lot of the actors that ended up being in the movie did like, uh, I think it was like a public reading of the script, like on a fucking stage. And then, and it wasn't even like a complete script, but then based on how much he liked what they were doing on a stage with it, he was like, ah, I changed my mind. I'm going to make it a movie again. And that was a fucking mistake. Like, I don't think he was wrong to identify that, like, I've got something here in parts of this that could make for some pretty electric theater. It's just that the fact that he was like, oh, this is a one-to-one. I could just absolutely export this to movie and everything will be fine. It's like, no, 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 no. That's not the way mediums work. That's not, that's not. And dude, like, you got the clout. (laughs) You could... Have a play. Like, that Absolutely could be a thing. You You're right. Me? And people would totally put it on and people would see it. Like, it would Absolutely. show for at least a year, which is Ooh. what you need. And, like. <laughs> and Chris, hear me out on this. That would even give him artistic license more so to do some of the crazy violence because of the technical aspects and difficulty of portraying that on a stage. Immediately, yeah. you it, it's at least impressive. You know, like, it may not serve a story point, but it is at least something that, to pull it off, you gotta, you gotta flex some muscles. You gotta show some, some fucking chops. See, see what your, you know, what your props yeah. people, what your stage people can do. Absolutely. Lights and magic. That's part of what's interesting about live theater versus, ah. It's just it's just a boring movie. It's not a good, boring <laughs> movie. Uh, I can't, in good conscience suggest you uh watch it i will i will die plenty happy if i never see i'm never gonna fucking watch under what circumstances would i watch this movie again i can't i I I can't fathom 
I couldn't even commit to the full thing. Like, like I said earlier, <laughs> I had to skip around. I didn't even like, try. Just the thought of trying to re... I sat down and put it on, and after, like, the first ten minutes of that first half an hour, I was like, alright, I'm gonna watch until we get to the thing. The it. And then I'm skipping, like, every minute, 15 minutes ahead, so I can, like, get through this. And we didn't even talk oh. about the the part where Sam Jackson face fucks a, uh, a dude. Oh my god. <laughs> It's it's it is a Confederate soldier, so you know. Yeah. Well, no, no. You know what? No, I take that back. It's it's to me, it's different. It, you know, I. There's a difference in my book between killing a Nazi and face fucking a Nazi. That sexual assault adds like a whole nother. That does add a whole new. And again, it comes back to like, are we just making? people historically evil characters by like association to whatever historically air quotes bad tribe not that i'm saying the confederacy isn't evil and bad i mean it obviously yes it is Mm. was but like is yeah again it just feels like it feels like all the details of this movie are dropped to to permit the violence and the racism and the misogyny that occurs that's a good and it's like eh. If you're, you know, it's like, at what point do we have to just say, well, you're a, you might be a violent racist misogynist because, like, you wrote a movie where all of those things made sense and it was a really self-indulgent movie that isn't very good anyway. But also, like, you just gave yourself permission to do all of these heinous things on screen, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and if anything, I think, I think the ex- exquisite acting and some of the visuals, and the score. See, all of those things are are such an indictment to me of Tarantino, because it's like, well, Tarantino is who was handling the rest of it, and it is so bad, it pulls the average down. Like, those things at least make it so this isn't a terrible or, like, fully unwatchable movie. Yeah. However... <laughs> I do think that most of what Tarantino was contributing was bad enough that it's like, yeah, but how am I even supposed to enjoy this really good acting that's going on when the shit that they're saying is largely uninteresting or even when it is funny, like, you're getting the wrong laughs out of me. You're getting yeah. laughs where I'm like, oh my god, like, are we? is this really how we're spending our fucking three hours right now? Yeah, like you said, it's shock factor. Everything's yeah. like shock jock bullshit, and it's it's Tarantino in the morning. I love I love the show we do, where every week we get to spend roughly an hour getting to the same conclusion about a lot of different stuff. <laughs> That's fair, but at least there's I. Would oh, I'm say, not critiquing us. That's like every podcast. No, no, I'll I'll, I'll critique us. I'll critique us. As one of, and I can say this from my armchair of a sub one million podcast. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, Bubbies. We were one of the first million podcasts ever created. Uh, it's true. You can look it up. You can't. It but is true. I don't know if you can look it up. I don't think it is I don't, true. there's no way. It might not be true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows what the Bob data I know. That, but. I know, I know what the internet said when I looked it up when we started, but who yeah, knows if that was true. <laughs> who, who knows? Who knows? But um, 
I mean, there's a there's a world of difference between this movie and didn't we do was last week Revenge of the Fallen or no that was two weeks ago last week was no, we Tucker. Did. Yep, we did. Fucking Tucker. <laughs> At least this was watchable. Tucker was all of the terrible things we said. Uh, Misogynist, violent, racist, and he meant it. So, like, <laughs> the, yeah, it's like the Tucker stuff is what makes that like it's watchable. It's obviously it's unwatchable, but it's like to me, I would rather if I'm gonna watch someone be racist and horrible and misogynist, I would prefer Tucker, honestly, because hmm. it what Tucker gives me is like a look into what that in is in the real world like Fair. i come away from tucker's content knowing more about horrible people you know Fair. Yeah. Like, <laughs> which like i'm not saying that makes what he's doing good but at no least no but i as you, a viewer gain something from the experience <laughs> for you you're <laughs> scouting out enemy territory you're behind enemy lines it's it's a i'm seeing what the the battle plan is over there yeah, instead when I'm watching a Tarantino movie, half the time I'm just thinking about the spider Tarantino character from Bojack Horseman. You know, it's just like... That's a, that's a uh, good character. That is a good character. Well, with that, I think we got to wrap it. I think we're about done. I think um, that's fair. Bubbies. But we'll see you in the future. Goodbye, Bubbies. This has been...